Hey, how you doing, Madam Knights? Good. How are you, Mr. Machado? Oh, I'm doing so good. First of all, I just want to say welcome to the Walk the Talk podcast. Uh, this podcast is a podcast that is going to be talking from an educational point of view. I uh, try to uh, invite listeners and learners to want to learn more about education. Um, before that, I just want to say thank you again for agreeing to do this podcast with me. Of course, and thank you for inviting me. This is going to be awesome. Of course, I'm ready to learn. So before I go any further, I just want the audience to know who you are, and I want you to tell the audience your career past, your history, and what got you to where you are today, and uh, just a little bit about your background. Of course. So um, I, of course, my name is Nicole Knight, and I always worked at Auburn Middle School, so I haven't had much experience outside of AMS, but I have taken a new career path recently. I started at AMS as the French teacher, which Mm -hmm. allowed me to have a lot of, uh, a very different experience than your average classroom teacher, because I got to meet with almost every student in the school in a classroom setting. So that was really cool. now as the I'm the social emotional interventionist which doesn't give me nearly as much classroom time as I like but definitely the freedom to meet new students in a much less I don't want to say rigorous but unstructured setting would be the right word I see so yeah I mean again I think you're rich uh, experience in different places can give us listeners a chance to truly understand, uh, you know, the topic of the day, which is diversity and assimilation. I yeah. think you're going through your own process of assimilating into a new program. Oh. Uh, but what I really wanted to focus on today was culture and diversity and also the struggles of how the education field is addressing diversity in our district, you know, just to say. Uh, I will ask some questions, and I'm pretty sure you got the the questions ahead of time so that would make this podcast easy i want you to be relaxed and just to have a conversation with me on this specific topic you know uh the first question that i ask uh is i wanted to know what is your opinion on how to address diversity and culture in different school areas in different school districts the first the, the first and key piece of it, I think, is that it needs to be explicit. Okay. Um, We need to lay all the cards on the table. Mm. And for that to be possible, we need to have all voices at the table. So it can't just be, we can't just have a diversity and culture, you know, panel of people saying, let's do this, let's do a diversity initiative and have everyone on that panel be white and male. Or white, mm. or white and female. Okay. We need to have all backgrounds, all all colors and creeds. People, people from a from high socioeconomic status to low socioeconomic status. Okay. At the table, because speaking as someone who grew up privileged mm-hmm. and not at a diverse school. I mm-hmm. have no idea what it would be like to grow up in a low, in a poverty household and, see. and to be a person of color. So 
I would want their voices at the table because I would not feel comfortable speaking for them. Mm. So I think it's having, and it's having that safe space as well, making sure that, that it is understood that when you have a panel, a group, uh, an initiative, a diversity initiative in, uh-huh. in schools and such like that, it's not meant to come from a place of harm or hurt or, or anything like that. It's meant to be positive and the, ch- yeah. the change is meant to be positive and the questions and misconceptions that come out of it are not meant to be harmful. They're, yeah. They come out of ignorance. I see. And so this has been my, that's been my personal experience. I see. I mean, what you do say is extremely important. You know, each one, teach one, and each voice has to be heard. Right. Uh, each voice from a different perspective has to be heard because when we have different perspectives, you know, talking, I think we get a richer and a much more stronger solution to how we address diversity in our education system. Mm-hmm. And so I do appreciate your point of view because I did uh, have a podcast with other members and they give me a completely different answer from what you're giving me. And I think it's it's important that I actually got a chance to hear things from your perspective. And I never knew that that's how you grew up. You know, I grew up from a different perspective, right. you know. Right. And what, what makes a conversation rich is when people, different opinions, different cultures and different diversity can have a conversation and gain some sort of understanding from hearing each other speak. And honestly, two years ago, I probably would not have given you that answer. I probably, yeah. I probably would have, I probably would, I don't know what I would have said, but it would have been totally different. I would have said yeah. something else, but I have been going through my own um, revelations, I guess. And with the, with Black Lives Matter coming to the forefront of our, of our society and my own uh-huh. educational path, like I've told you before, I'm getting my master's in diversity and equity. Yeah. It has opened up my mind to like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's all great and wonderful to me for me to have all these thoughts and opinions, but guess what? I'm not the only person with experiences in this world, and neither are people like me. Yes. So yes. I'm thinking we should give other people a chance to speak. Yeah, I, I think I think you're definitely right. So we need to make more seats at the table. Yeah, is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Uh, so before we move on to the next question uh, that I'm going to ask you, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Just stay, just head on, hold on right now. Uh, so quickly, I just want to let the audience know you are listening to Walk the Talk podcast. This podcast is created to help educators and anybody else. Who has an opinion on education and this current status to speak up and not only to talk about it, but to walk the talk, do what we say we're going to do and create change in many different ways. So once again, we're here with Madam Knights, uh, Mrs. Knights, uh, just getting her perspective on what the education system is when it comes to addressing diversity. And we're going to focus a little bit on assimilation as we go deeper in. So Welcome back, Madam Nice. Thank you again for being here. Yes, of course. Thank you. All right. So the next question I wanted to ask you was, uh, what is your understanding on the impact of assimilation? When somebody comes from a different country and comes to our new school, having them having to uh, make the differences and uh, grow up in this education system that we have what is your idea of assimilation and how should we address it in our education system 
I am I am so conflicted about it personally mm-hmm. because yeah. I I want to honor and and celebrate all that is diverse and different about I'm going to pick on our ELL students because they're the ones that come to mind, but I know that there are many other students who aren't ELL with diverse backgrounds and cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, But so like when a student comes to our school and they don't necessarily speak English, I, I want to celebrate that and, you know, honor that in them. But at the same time, in order for them to, to function, uh, not function, but to make it through the system the education uh-huh. system easier speaking english would make their life easier yeah so in a way it's like yeah full force go ahead learn that english but at the same time i don't want them to lose or forget what what makes them special and what is and what their heritage and their culture and their and their background is so i don't have a great answer uh-huh. and it's still something i'm working through and I think that schools need to do a better job and systems need to do a better job of honoring and celebrating the differences and diversity of our students and not pushing so hard for assimilation. I see. Thank you so much for that clearance. And I think, you know, I myself haven't come from Africa, you know, Congo, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Zambia. That's where I used to live before I came to America. No. Uh, having to assimilate in the American culture, it's, it's, it's a battle. It's mm-hmm. tough because you are struggling to either attempt to maintain your diverse background and also having to assimilate in the American culture because it's what the norm is. Right. You know, not only are you going through a culture shock, but you are also being told to make quick change in order for you to feel like you're part of this American culture. Mm -hmm. But I feel that we can learn a lot more from people of different cultures and different diversities Mm -hmm. than we can give them because they come here with a a very rich resources, you know, of, of differences of ways to do things, of ways to approach things. And I think sometimes our culture has been so blind to not seeing the other perspective because it's the, American way or no way. And it's impacting how we as educators educate. Absolutely. You know? Yes, absolutely. And yeah. No, I can. So what do you. Uh Uh-huh. So yeah, it puts us in a very, very tough position to be in. And I would like to see some sort of initiative and change made, you know? And so that's why when I was thinking about putting together a podcast, I want a podcast where people could be completely honest with themselves and have these type of conversations, you know, walk the talk. We talk about a lot of initiatives. We talk about going to make these accommodations, going to do this and going to do that. But the follow through of all these things when it comes to diversity and equity and assimilation seems to be a very slow process, you know, and that's why we want to be able to highlight it. So, yeah, what is moving forward? What do you think if there's one change the education system could do that you that comes to your mind, what would you say they need to do in order to improve how we address new students that come to our, our district? So radical change. Like if we were to make one big radical change, I think it would be to t- put um, people of color, uh, queer, LGBTQ people, um, you know, any, anyone who's basically not fall, falling into the binary categories of like heterosexual, white, 
um, black, whatever, into positions of quote unquote power. Um, so like maybe we create that, that panel, that diversity initiative panel, and they have the ability to make change. And that panel is filled with people from different backgrounds and cultures. And it is not filled with traditionally white middle-class faces, um, or other ways to in institute change, I would say on a slightly smaller level, but no less important would probably be to, we spend a lot of time in the schools focusing on, you know, classroom management, technology, that kind of stuff. We don't focus on always on the souls of our students. Mm. And did you say the souls of our yeah, students? The souls, like who? What do you, what do you, what do you mean by like, that? like who they are okay i sometimes i feel like and i i'm guilty of this as well that there's a, a barrier they're just those kids at school like mm -hmm. that and we label them as kids students not people mm. does that make sense like yeah it makes it makes a lot of sense not, when when for us you and i we're in middle school these kids and all kids obviously but these these particular ones are finding their identity in middle school. And so they're forming themselves to be fully, almost fully grown people. Like they're working on that. And this is the time to make the change when it comes, the real change when it comes to diversity, because this is when they're really going to absorb that message. And, mm. and they're internalizing everything. They always are, but middle school I feel is when it's starting to set and I think if we can teach teachers two key things, self-awareness of so that teachers are aware of what they're saying and doing and, and relationships. Yes. Then, then that's going to institute real on the ground grassroots change. Yes. I think, I think, I think that is so true. So seeing it, Seeing the, the students that we're teaching as professional and advanced adults already and seeing how we're treating them and giving them the right tools for them to be successful is what does make does bring the changes of how we approach them and how we help them. Right. Not just treating them as okay. – because they are kids, so there are times when you're like, oh, you're such a goober. You're, such a, you're just being a kid right now. That's fine. But in other settings, when it's a, a serious setting, treating them like that serious – with that serious adult mindset that they have. That they have. Mm -hmm. I see. Definitely. So uh, moving on to the next question is I wanted to ask you, uh, what is the long-term and short-term effect of addressing diversity issues when it comes to uh, multiculturalism in the education system? What is the long-term and the short-term effect of it? Um, short term, I would say there would be a lot of upheaval, a lot of upset. Um, but in the long term, it's, I think we will see, we will see success in students that we wouldn't normally see success with. Um, okay. and success being a broad word on purpose because what success means differs from person to person. 
I that's do, true. I do that on true. purpose because I don't like to define success as you have great math and reading scores. I don't, I don't like yeah. that. I define uh-huh. success in a myriad of ways. Um, that's good. Because so what if your math score isn't fabulous? Can you, do you know how to do conflict resolution with your peers and interact with adults? And, you know, are you a, essentially a good person? Then yes, I call that success. Um, um, so long and long-term, and that's in general, I think for our students, I'm going to pick on our non-students of color, our white students. Um, they, if, if they saw and we're more comfortable speaking about diversity and multiculturalism, it might make them more at ease navigating the world as they get older, especially for leaving Maine. Maine is one of the whitest states. And if they decide to move, go out mm. into the world where there are more people of color, like even mm-hmm. just out, just going south to Massachusetts, um, yep. it might make it easier to nap for them to navigate and just be more understanding and open of other people I, see. I think it'll I open see. up the world for them and open up i can't yeah just open up the world just make a more understanding it sounds so idealistic but make a more understanding generation ahead of us i see that is that i think i think you do have a good point you know uh we need to experience more than what we're used to experiencing yes. you know uh, especially as in the state of maine uh, we're so closed off and we don't see the world the way it's supposed to be seen from different lenses, from different cultural experiences. And it really does minimize our ability to understand other people. And that's where we need to do a better job of. Uh, before we go to our next question, I'm gonna, we're going to go quickly to a commercial and uh, just let the listeners know what we're doing here. And then uh, we'll, be, we'll be right back with of you more tonight. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. Once again, you are listening to the Walk the Talk podcast. Uh, this podcast, again, is an educational podcast here to talk about the real things that we are going through in our education system. You know, we want to walk the talk, not just talk the talk, make a difference, have conversations, tough conversations, but conversations that can start uh, the, the walk to change, conversations that can enlighten other people to want to make a big difference. And so, again, Today's topic is diversity and assimilation in the education field. So thank you again for being with us and thank you for spending the time to just listen, learn, and truly be uplifted by these words that we're sharing today. Welcome back, Madam Nice. Thank you for being here with us. Anytime. All right. Uh, We're reaching towards the end of our podcast, but before you go, I wanted to know uh, if you were placed in a position of leadership, let's say you just got your education degree, your leadership education degree, and boom, you got a new job in an environment which has not addressed diversity in a long time, has not addressed cultural differences and assimilation in a long time. What would be the steps you would take to help turn that district or education system around? I would start with a lot of outreach to staff, student mm-hmm. and the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when you say, and when you say outreach, what does that look like? Uh, first? Let's just focus on the outreach piece. Pretending that there is no coronavirus, I would host um, like parent nights, uh, maybe have student assemblies, staff meetings, all in person, because I don't, I, I would want the in-person-ness to be with them. Uh, the in-person okay. factor. 
and just first start with get to know you stuff, you know, where you're from, okay. da, 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 da. but moving into, and with the help obviously of staff and, and um, some trainings and stuff, moving into talking about what diversity means and, and stuff okay. like that, because, I don't know if everyone knows what the word diversity means. Like, That's a good like point. Like when people hear the word diversity, they may just be thinking about people of color, not not necessarily mm. all the layers that come with the word diversity. Mm. And then, and how, and in these out outreach nights, these parents, student, teacher nights, um, talking about what the positives that we starting with the positives because it's never great to start with a negative. So what good things do we see in this district about, about the diversity of the district? Mm, and see. then what are some areas of improvement? And I would gather okay. that from the staff, the students, the community, the parents. So would you uh, conduct uh, uh, data research to, to, for these meetings so, so that you know yeah. what you're talking so about as far probably as probably surveys forward. um okay you know google forms is, is the best very useful mm -hmm. and surveys uh i would probably with once i have more concrete data from there move forward into maybe some focus groups um okay. and then just and then maybe for staff in particular, some trainings. Um, mm -hmm. I just recently took a class that mentioned critical race theory and found it absolutely fascinating. I would like at least people to be aware of what critical race theory is, because I think mm -hmm. that everyone could benefit so, from that. So you would have your staff uh, have some PD around race and differences as far as diversity. Right, race is. and religious differences and just and um, LGBTQ differences, just general, how the system has been built to benefit all of the, not how the system has been built against all of the minorities. It has been built to benefit the white man, pretty much. Mm, um, I see. And it, it'll be hard because people take a umbrage to that, but it's not that's yeah. not what the goal is. The goal is not to do that. The goal is so we acknowledge it and move forward uh -huh. from it. Like this is here. We know this is here now. Let's work through this and come out the other side to equalize it for our students. Just because it's there doesn't mean we can't try and elevate our students to get better. I see. I mean, what you say completely makes sense. So those, I think that's a good action plan. And I think anybody listening to this, if you are looking for action plans, I think that's, that's another way to look at it. You know, finding concrete steps, you know, on how to bring change is extremely essential, especially when you're in a new leadership role, because everybody's looking to you and everybody's looking for solutions and answers. And sometimes people do expect a lot out of our leaders. And sometimes our leaders really don't have all the answers, you know. Uh, that's why it's important to have a good faculty, a good team of teachers and, and employees that truly are on board for seeking uh -huh. change, you know. 
Uh, the next question that I had was, let's say you have a great plan like you just listed and you roll it out to your teachers and then you have a few teachers who are just not on board with what you're saying. How would you as a leader address those teachers who are not on board with trying to create the changes that you're trying to create? I would probably start with um, restorative conversations with them. Um, I don't know if they would be open to like a circle, restorative circle, because that mm -hmm. might be a little much if, but maybe just a one-on-one -on -one, or if they are comfortable a restorative circle, who knows? It's a very dependent situation, but it's like, why? Mm -hmm. Why aren't they being receptive? What is it the subject matter that's making them uncomfortable? Do they really believe it mm. is it me do I, they not like me and am i delivering it in a way that they don't like and and problem solve from there and there might be some things we can't get around but there might be some things mm. that we could and if i could get around those things i would so try to solve that to the best of my abilities and yes and for the things i might not be able to get around i would pull in I would hope I would have a support team, a support services team like we do at AMS that I could mm -hmm. go to and utilize and say, look, I'm struggling with these, these staff members. They're not receptive to me in particular about what do yes. you guys think? So. I see. That's good. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's very well put. I think it's, it's very clear to have an action plan. Uh, you know, we're reaching towards the end of our podcast, but I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much, Madam Knights, for being a, uh, a member and, you know, a guest on the Walk the Talk podcast. And I, I like your action plans. And I hope if anybody's listening to this, they get they get inspired to want to make change. You know, we can always use better leadership, but good leadership doesn't come from just knowing what you know, but good leadership always comes from wanting to learn more and finding different ways to impact the people around you. And so for the audience, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to be with us, to grow, to walk the talk with us, and to understand that diversity in assimilation is only starting. We are to go deeper. We are to look for equity and changes in all different aspects of the education system. And we're to challenge ourselves to not be the statistic, but to change the norm and to make a difference in our education system. And so before I, I conclude uh, the podcast, Madam Nice, do you have any final words that you want to let the audience know out there that are listening that want to learn more from you? Just what else would you have to say? Um, I want to thank you first, Mr. Matumbo, for inviting me here. And this has been amazing. I've never been on a podcast before. So this was a, inc an incredible experience. And um, you. just, you got to be brave when you want to learn new things and take a risk. And when it comes to these hard conversations, it's going to hurt and you're going to mess up. But you got to do it to learn. Exactly. That's, that's, exactly. It's exactly. Like learning anything, you will make mistakes, but you've got uh -huh. to make them to learn. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much you. once again. Thank you for being a guest, and I look forward to talking Excellent. to you again. Goodbye. All right. Bye bye. So we've seen 